Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 337. Today is Monday, November 20th. That's right. It is. This is pre-recorded because this week, the week of Thanksgiving, which I cannot believe is already here, um, between Illumination and myself, we have a lot of days off uh, these next couple of days. So it's better to just pre-record everything. Um, and it doesn't mean it's going to be any less amazing because it is going to be absolutely dynamite. I'm really excited for today's episode. Make sure to follow the Elijah Fire podcast on Spotify. Uh, we really appreciate that. Give us an honest review. Uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, also make sure to give us an honest review. Follow us if you can on there. Some some podcast platforms allow you to. Some of them don't. Uh, thank you in advance. Uh, also, guys, anytime you donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate, that makes sure that this is this stays free at five days a week. Um, it allows us to hire a new editor. What up with that? That's very exciting. Um, and so, um, if you guys have heard me give that spiel, uh, so yes, elijahstreams.com slash careers, uh, to, to apply for that amazing position. And I'm looking forward to seeing all the applications and getting to know some of you via your resumes. Um, but yeah, so anytime you guys donate to elijahstreams.com slash donate that goes towards this show. And we just thank you guys so much for your generosity and believing in this ministry. Uh, and also we don't stop there. We said, you know what, but wait, there's more. We're going to take a portion of every single donation and we're going to put it into our water well efforts overseas and even stateside. We're going to play a quick promo of those efforts and then we're going to get going. Jaja Zaina and her great grandchildren have gone their entire lives without clean water. They spend their days collecting dirty, unsafe water. They have been praying for a miracle, and that prayer has been answered. Because of your generosity, a water well has been drilled near Jaja Zana's home. Would you join us in providing clean water to the people of Uganda? Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. <laughs> All right, so my guest today, she is actually a very gifted teacher, and she she teaches so well, uh, she teaches so hard, and she's also the author of this fantastic book, Defend Yourself. This is something I recommend to people. People write write me um, just you know because I'm very open about my process of God um, helping me overcome fear, anxiety, all those things. I um, mean, we we bring other people in to talk about this as well, but um, this is one that I point people to a lot. Uh, link is in the description to this. And it's probably, I mean, in my opinion, it is one of the best books I've seen on this subject. Kara goes in great detail to help you process and identify strongholds in your life. Um, amazing. So you won't regret it. 
make it go boom make those strongholds go boom link is in the description to this book you guys you can i believe you can also get it on carestarns.com uh so uh without any further ado let's give it up for our guest today president of safe passage kara Starnes. kara hi as i Hello. live and breathe here you are what a dazzling intro yes glowing review of the uh the book the uh Thank you know you. all that good stuff um what have you been up to it's been a it's been a second since oh my goodness i feel like i have been around the world and back through about 10 roller coasters and uh, -huh. uh all good stuff all part of the process here but uh people who know me they know i have a ministry called safe passage and we actually work with um children who've been impacted by child trafficking exploitation grooming and Last week, we had our annual fundraiser in Louisville, Kentucky, and we made a huge announcement. We announced we're going uh, probably to Atlanta with our, our ministry mm -hmm. and maybe doing some ministry on the border uh, with Mexico and, and the U.S. And so, I mean, at this point, uh, I have no idea what God's going to do, but we're ready for anything, anywhere, anytime. So. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. Uh, yeah. Are you guys still accepting applications or no? Yes, yes. We're hiring um, for a director here uh, in the Kentucky area and eventually probably um, some people in Atlanta. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Very exciting. cool. All right. Well, Kara, um, you're very excited about today's topic. Yes. So I actually want to let you let her rip. All right. <laughs> You said teach it hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. I even love that we're doing a recorded session because I think this is the perfect one to be recorded because I think the topic we're giving today is something that people are hungry for. And so I'm not worried about next week going quiet. I think people are going to be like, Heck yeah, we finally got that teaching in. Yeah. And a lot of times we're sharing about evangelism, but a lot of times it's the people who are called to the office of evangelists who are sharing about their experiences. And we know that as believers, each and every one of us are called to fish for men, called to reach the lost. And so whether or not your whole life is dedicated to it kind of as like in an office, you know, of the evangelist, all of us are called to it. And so today I wanted to provide kind of a I'll explain it in a minute why it's like kind of and then go into some scriptural teaching and also a very very practical training that i think i think will really bless people so awesome. i'm excited love it all right let's get into it what so, is this pseudo prophetic <laughs> word well okay the let me get to that one i wanted to kind of share people uh like my process okay. of even like uh, walking, stepping into evangelism, because I want to be really uh, honest. This is totally, I would consider brand new for me. And actually this uh, process of stepping out into evangelism probably started in late uh, 2021. And so in late 2021, what I remember is it began with uncontrollable tears. And I remember being in my room, being at church, and I was burdened by just thinking about people. I walked by in the grocery store, in the gas station, on the streets, 
And I just started crying about them because I felt like I wasn't doing anything to reach out and step into people's life and, and, and share with them that God loves them and God is with them. And so when this burden happened, I had no idea what to do because I, I, you know, I'm very introverted. I'm very shy. This stuff still makes me nervous right here, right now. I find that hard to believe, Kara. Oh, I everybody I think says you, it. I think you've told yourself that, and you're actually more. <laughs> you should feel the headache in the back of my head right oh, now. Yeah, but, yeah you're but, all, all, um, all bound up, all tense. But man, yeah. I like I was just like, what do I do with this? I, I can't do it, and I've never been trained in it. And then I had this thing, you know, that we all have, and it's this thought of. Well, if I do evangelism bad, I'm going to do a disservice to the kingdom because I'm going to turn people away from the faith. And so all of that was like happening with me. And I was in a different city and I had a friend there and he randomly texted me one day and he was like, hey, are you like in town or something? He was like, you should really come by our Bible study tonight. We're teaching on evangelism. And I was like yeah, I'll be there. And I, so I go to this, this, uh, small group, they're teaching on evangelism. I've never been taught evangelism, like never taught it. And then about a month later, I'm in a, a mentorship with Jennifer Evaz mm-hmm. and it's online. It's 500 people across, across uh, the globe who are online. And for the first time she comes out with these online outreaches where like students who are like in Kentucky, students who are in California can get together, go out together, and then also broadcast how it went with the mentorship. So like I began watching those, participating in those, and opening up my life to evangelism. I ended up going to an evangelism conference, and these veteran evangelists, they took me downtown at midnight on a Thursday, a Friday, a Saturday, literally three nights in a row. and. I watched them walk in a grace and I thought, wow, this is so unhard. And (laughs) and so this was, (laughs) this was like last year. I'm, I'm teaching you everything a year down the road. And so now like fast forward a year later I'm leading evangelism outreaches in my cities. Come on. And in Turlock, California, two weeks ago, I had the privilege of being able to help with um, the conference, the Healing and Miracle School. Which is and where we, Jennifer Evaz is, by mm, the way, everybody, in Turlock, California. Yes. And we had 50 people participating in evangelism. And it was nuts because these people who are totally new to evangelism were inspired to go home and do this in their city. And one lady was like, she was like, you know, I had worked with these people who are practically doomsday evangelists. And now that she went out with our group in Turlock, she's like, I've been on the sidelines for years and now I know it's time to get back in it. Mm -hmm. And the groups, they went out and they actually encountered a guy who was thinking about committing suicide and totally uh, was able to speak to him about that. And so this is what's happening. I just wanted to tell people, this is what's happening for me with all the fear after one year, Mm. after only one year. And now I'm looking ahead at next year and I have a friend, uh, 
she has a huge vision. And we kind of were talking and I was like, Dr. Shanika, I want to be a part of your vision. I'm signing up. I'm committed. And she knows I have a vision for Atlanta outreach. And she was like, okay, you can, you can come up uh, alongside my vision, but as part of it, we're doing your vision first. Hmm. And I have a word to share today. And part of that word is that with evangelism, we are going to see that when people find their partners, they're going to merge out of their solo lanes and begin gladly running together. Hmm. And so uh, this word, it came on my heart recently about what God is doing with evangelism. And I call it a kind of prophetic word because I feel like I'm cheating <laughs> because like a prophetic word is like, here's what God is going to do. I don't know if it's just because I'm a pioneer or what, but I'm actually already seeing it now. A lot of times pioneers live out the next. They live it out like ahead of ahead of everybody else. Yeah, sometimes years in advance. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a prophetic word or now word just because I'm a pioneer, but I believe that um, these next few things I'm about to share, I believe they will quickly become kind of like the next movement we see. Awesome. So that word is, um, I believe we are about to see a burst of evangelism groups like little pop-ups all over the place. Like, like they're going to be a lot like tents. Like maybe they weren't even here last week, but they're here now. They squeezed right in. And these groups will consist of people who are coming together to work together. And they're going to go out in prophetic evangelism. And what I believe is going to happen, not all of them, but, but a lot of them, I believe will be shared ownership among the group. And that's not to say these groups are going to lack, you know, the necessary leadership, but a lot of these groups will have shared ownership and it will be a handful of people with the same burden coming together to do it together. And I, I want us to watch for this. We will see a grace on creative out of the box outreaches and where people have been frustrated and not finding the grace by going into malls and parks and Walmarts, I believe we're going to see an incredible grace when people try something creative and different and out of the box. I believe there won't be a pressure to preach the gospel using a rigid um, system, but using a spirit-led interaction that touches people's hearts, makes it personal, and opens the door for the gospel to reach people as the spirit reaches people. Mm. This one's exciting. I believe we're not going to see as much competition in groups, as much jealousy in the group where we've had maybe that, that platform spirit with other ministry cohorts. Evangelism is going to be such a humbling experience the body of Christ, I believe, will be so supportive of one another stepping out that there's not going to be this 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 competition. And people who've been wounded in the past by that, I believe, will be inspired through evangelism to work together again. Hmm. And the word I heard was good luck performing. And so 
I think it'll be a very yeah. freeing and humbling and unifying experience. A few more things. I believe it's going to be multi-ethnic, co-ed, multi-generational. I believe the Christians are going to return to knocking on people's front doors again. And what happens in these groups, I believe, will inspire people in their individual time in their own day. Hmm. That's it. Well, I think you should just call this a prophetic word and not kind of a prophetic <laughs> word. I think, I, I think, like, I feel like this is, and there's a lot of other words coming out that kind of tie into this. And it's not just evangelism, but it's really just like, like we can't escape like the, the great commission that Jesus gave us go into all the world and make disciples of all, all men. Um, that applies to everybody. That's, that's mm -hmm. not a, the only a couple of people that, that applies to everyone. Like he literally said that to every, that, that is a, a commission to every Christian. And I think that, uh, I love that idea that the, there's grace on, you know, creative, creative efforts mm -hmm. in this, mm -hmm. because I think that there's like one specific mode of evangelism. If you think of evangelism, there's one specific mode um, that is like the classic evangelism style. Yeah. And there, you know, there are people that I, I don't know. There's a lot I have to say about this, but um why don't you do, why don't you do me a favor? You mentioned prophetic evangelism and also the title of this is how, how to do prophetic evangelism. How would you define prophetic evangelism versus like some dude with a picket sign? Like, yeah, you know, anyways. <laughs> so what's really interesting is if you take a look back at what God has done really over the last 20 in 30 years is in the church, we have been having seminars on how to hear the voice of God, how to operate in word of knowledge, how to, especially for the prophets, how to operate in the gift of prophecy. All of these are gifts from the Holy Spirit. All of these are how he works, not only in the body of Christ, but in the world. And so in the last few decades, we have seen a huge movement where the thing, the thing that's in is sitting in circles, practicing word of knowledge on each other, actually practicing that so we can grow in it. And what I see now is it, well, really, okay, what have we done with that? Blessed each other. We have, mm -hmm. listen, I have so many prophetic words and words of knowledge I'm not taking anymore. In fact, I have learned <laughs> like you'll go to a conference and people I've learned to not take so many words from randos, but like people are so encouraging. They just act like any encouragement is a word. I see you as a Deborah, as a blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's a word of encouragement. Super good. I'm not locking it in as a, as a word. And so what we've done with this training is overstuff each other. And it's great because we're encouraged, we're, you know, uh, encouraging each other. But this gift is meant to leave the church to convince people and reach people that God sees them and knows them. So, for example, like 
when I think about prophetic evangelism in the Bible and how we would see it in the Bible. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Every time Jesus was out and about, he's reaching people. Yeah. But he always had a, a word of knowledge or a, a something from the Holy Spirit as a gift to them. So I'm thinking man at the fig tree. I'm thinking woman at the well. I, I know how many husbands you have. I know where you came from under the fig tree and how you felt because I saw you. So prophetic, I would say evangelism is just um, going out. Hey, do you know Jesus loves you? Do you know the gospel? Do you know where you're going to go when you die? Prophetic evangelism is saying, Holy Spirit, today I'm leaving my house. I'm going to be passing people. Will you give me a personal word about what that person needs to hear from you today? And I will step out. Mm -hmm. And so prophetic evangelism is taking the Lord. And it's so brilliant. It's so brilliant how he's built us up in word of knowledge, built us up in, in believing the Holy Spirit works with us. Why did he do that? Because he knew the harvest was ahead of us. And so now that we're moving you know, uh, hopefully Jesus is coming back. Hopefully the harvest is near. Now we're moving in prophetic evangelism with the training we've seen over the last few decades. Mm, that's great. Mm -hmm. That's great, Kara. Yeah, I, I, it is a lot more fun to just get a word for somebody. Um, yes. and, and honestly too, and I know it sounds, I've been surprised at how many times I just feel this burden, like, the Lord is like, I, that person needs to know that I'm thinking about them. Yes. You know? And so tell going up to and telling somebody like I've had to do this. Um, I've done this several times where I just feel like God wants people to know that he loves them, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, that seems very like vanilla in my mind, but I've been surprised at how many times, how disarming that's been for people. I've just like, that's exactly what they needed to hear in that moment, you know? Um, and so it, like, especially as you're stepping out and you're wanting, you know, to, to hear God. And, and I think just taking a posture of humility, even if you get like, Hey man, do purple socks mean anything to you? You know, they're like, right. no dude, you know, and you're like, okay, well, I'm sorry. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to hear God, I, you know, and I'm, I'm on this journey and, and just taking a posture of humility rather than like, Oh my gosh, I failed. You know, um, I think it goes a long way too. Mm -hmm. so. Well, um, just to show you how easy it can be. One time I was in a gas station and I was going on a hike. I knew how to get there. I just needed to pick up like a water on the way there. And so I pulled off at a place I um, had never pulled off before. And I go into the gas station and I'm getting out of my car and I hear from the Holy Spirit, hey, pay attention to the girl behind the counter. Interesting. So I walk in, my heart is pounding. I'm like, ah, tell me more. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm, I have no word. I have no idea what to say. I think I'm going to flop. I think I'm going to make it weird. So finally, I'm like, I'll never see her again. I'm never coming back here. Let's just do it. So I do the thing. So I go up to the counter and you know, it's just me and her in the place. And I said, I said, you know, um, sweetie, I don't mean to bother you, but you know, 
when I was walking in, God told me to pay attention to you. I said, I don't know anything about you, but there could there be anything that, uh, you know, you need prayer over today? Um, and that's all I said. I didn't have a word of knowledge. I didn't have information. The Lord just told me to pay attention to her. And when I gave her my attention and I said that, she stepped back and started crying. Wow. And I just said, I said, oh, man, God loves you so much. How are you doing? And she said, you know, um, I'm really having a hard time. I had a miscarriage. It's my umpteenth one. I said, well, here's what comes to mind is this scripture. Can I write it down for you? Write it down for her. Listen, I, I, you know, I know I don't know you, but let me just pray for you. And I just want you to know I came in here today because the Lord wants you to know how loved you are. That's it. I didn't have a word, but my heart for her and that the Lord, it wasn't me paying attention to her. When I said, sweetie, the Lord told me to pay attention to you. It was an interaction with God. Mm-hmm. And she begins crying going, I really was hoping God saw what I was going through. Yeah. Easy. Man. Yeah. I, I think that there's a burden that kind of comes on you when you start to acknowledge like, cause God is, God is speaking to everybody. Yeah. He desires to be in relationship with everybody. And as believers, spirit filled believers that hear the Holy spirit, you get to this point where you ignore it enough times that you can't, you almost can't function, you know? And I think that that's going to apply to everybody. And I think that if we just stay on, you know, and, and it, for me, guys, I'm not perfect at this. Like when I'm out, sometimes I just get in a mode and I'm like, and then I'll, I'll leave the store and I'm like, God, I didn't, I was off. Like I, I shut off you know, and, um, I think uh, getting ourselves to that place of just being on and, and asking the Lord to help us with that. Cause he will, mm-hmm. um, is, is enough. And I think that you get to this point where you're just like, you know, like there's been times I've shared them before where I just, I failed colossally. Yeah. Um, and I've since had great moments of victory, but I mean, there was one time where it couldn't, <laughs> couldn't have been. Oh, just I tell mean, us. <laughs> it couldn't have been more obvious. And I, I actually wept afterwards oh. because I was so, I had so much sorrow at not grabbing hold of the opportunity. And it was during COVID and it was like, things are crazy. And, you know, but I remember we went to Barnes and Noble and we were going to go up to crate and barrel. Cause we were going to buy couch. And, um, and so right across the, the parking lot from that place is Barnes and Noble. And I love bookstores. And, um, so we were going to go there afterwards. And, um, the Lord said, when you get to Barnes and Noble, there's going to be a guy with a limp. I want you to pray for him. And it's going to be in the, the comic. I, I read graphic novels and, and comics. Um, and, wow. and so I was, it was going to be in the comic section. I knew, and he was going to show up on my left. I saw the whole thing play out, Kara. We get to, we get to Barnes and Noble and I'm just kicking it. Dude walks up next to me with a limp on my left. And I'm like, 
this is a couple of years ago like i've i've since grown in this and stuff uh, even now i'm just like ah, oh, bro like uh uh but anyways so i immediately i'm like this was me this is i mean that's how like i mean satan was hitting me hard just like this is you like you're imagining this whole thing god didn't tell you to do this and so i'm like so i i stall and the guy walks away and i'm like that was it that was it you failed and then all of a sudden he appears on my right like so i don't know if this is an angel because like how slow this dude was walking and the amount of distance he had to walk to show up on my right that quickly i like walking around this like big um thing i i was like all of a sudden he was on my right and because i saw him walk away on my left like around the corner and then all of a sudden he showed up on my right i was like what um and again i hit those hit those you know doubt the doubts were hitting me hard and i was like this is no this is <laughs> this is me and then he walks away and i'm like well, that was it. And I was like, I should go chase him down. He's like, no, he's going to think I'm weird. You know? And then, um, lo- my wife, she's like, Hey, cause for her, we use like disposable masks and they would really irritate her. So she'd like get a runny nose, like hardcore. Um, and so she's like, we need to go. She's like, uh, I, my nose is, is running and I don't want people to be like paranoid around me. Cause they hear me sniffling. And, and so I'm like, I was going to buy a gift for somebody. And so I had it in my hand and I'm like, and so I'm going down the escalator and he's standing next to Lauren. Oh no. And I was like, I was like, no, I can't pray for him because Lauren says we need to leave. And I was like using all these no. excuses. Stop and then talking. and so I walk away. I'm like marching off like to the to the oh. thing. And then we we go away. And uh afterwards, man, I just like I mean it was like a perfect scenario. And I had allowed doubt and fear and um all these other things to kind of infiltrate into my mind and i entertained those things rather than telling my flesh to be quiet and just being obedient um and so i yeah i mean i i there was a lot of a, a lot of sorrow as a result of that before the lord I'm just like god i'm so sorry like i and you know what i have I have comfort knowing that I'm not the only person that God is speaking to mm-hmm. and God desired to touch that man. Uh, and you know what? Maybe it was an angel. I don't know. Okay. And it was just this whole weird, like God was like, uh, you know, it was a proving ground, you know, but what produced, what, the, what that failure produced in me has been something that has actually been really good. Um, and so take comfort you guys in just being diligent in this um but yeah don't if you have a moment like that guys where it's just like i mean it couldn't have been more perfect um because we were alone we were alone and then the third try he was next to my wife and i was like that would have even been extra uh, an extra level of safety the safety wow. net of just like i had another i had a i had a i had uh i had my my wife there um you know who's bearing a testimony of being healed of scoliosis like a, a year prior, you know? Um, and, and so it's, it, don't do what I did guys. Just subdue the flesh and be obedient. Just like, ah, like I'm never, like Kara said, like, I'm never going to see this person again. I'm just going to do it. Um, and then look at what happened as a result of her obedience. Um, I have a few testimonies, uh, to share today, but I think your experience is really common. Uh, in mm-hmm. fact, I think God might throw one in like that for us 
every time to train us on. And what he's training us on is the um, despair of disappointment. Mm -hmm. It is a feeling of real despair when you go, that one was served, served on a silver platter. Like now (laughs) I can, I can honestly tell you now, if I was in a situation like that, I I would boom, just take it right there. But at the time, all of it was part of it. I feel like part of just this learning process and yeah, mm-hmm. obviously I failed. Okay. And God gave me a word to give to somebody and I acted in disobedience. Yeah. Okay. So there's that whole thing. But mm-hmm. what, again, now my, my, I can see that I'm stronger in this area than I was by leaps and bounds, which is yes. yay. Yay for that. So if somebody listening has, I bet you everybody's like, Oh, I have a story just like that. Mm-hmm. And so do I. I'm sure I I I know I felt that way many times before. And what I would recommend is all right, you know you passed it up. You have that feeling that you never want to feel again. And it's it's much better to take a risk and flop than to not take a risk and flop. Souls, we we have souls here. And so if you can relate and you're listening, I would recommend And maybe you're like, yeah, and I just, you know, God hasn't uh, pointed anybody out to me since that time. All right, we'll have a real talk with God and be like, yeah, you serve that one up. I totally flopped. Lord, I never want to feel that way again. And I I really care about your people. Mm -hmm. Lord, will you show me another person and another opportunity? And this time I will obey you. Mm -hmm. And so if that's you, if you know you flopped, it's okay. It's uh, welcome to the club, but yeah. just let God know you, you want to try again and he will give you somebody. And my favorite um, scripture that I, I pulled out for today is Mark sixteen twenty, And it says the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And this is my favorite part. And the Lord worked with them. And confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. And so it gives me great um, uh, confidence when I can go out and know, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know these people like God knows these people. But the Lord works with us. Isn't that incredible? That like, it's not just God doing his own thing. He chooses to actually work with us. And as part of that, he knows we're difficult to work with. <laughs> so we have these experiences and it's Mark 16, 20, the Lord works with us. Just mm-hmm. tell him, Lord, I want to work with you again. Please give me another shot. And well, and I think there's a, that actually is a great deal of comfort though, because the Lord works with you. Like, I think that there's this fear of like, I am, I am out there all alone with no help and i'm like you have the creator of the universe working with you and um and i think that it it, that's it's a comfort but when you're in it sometimes that isn't a comfort because you're like i still feel alone (laughs) but then like but then stepping out in obedience Mm -hmm. even if you don't see a healing manifest even if you don't see any salvation as a result of that even if you don't see any noticeable fruit from an exchange with somebody you know 
that whatever you did broke down another barrier in this person's heart or it mm -hmm. you, like you don't know if like they were like get out of here you know or like you know they were really stone cold to you or whatever and then but then that's what they that's what they showed you but internally you don't know even you stepping out of doing that brought healing even you stepping out of doing that brought something where god was like working in them for hours and hours and hours later where yeah. like he broke them down and eventually they were like, all right, you know, God, I'll say yes to you and I'll follow you. Like, we just don't know. So. Well, and we know the process is one sows and one waters. And the hard thing is it really sucks for the one who sows because you put the seed in and you say yeah. goodbye, little seed. You know, I have no idea what the little seeds, I have no idea if it'll be okay. I have no yeah. idea what's good. Yeah. It, kind of sucks for the sower because you yeah. put it in you walk away and you have no idea what's gonna happen <laughs> but we don't know it's not our job yeah. to know the one who waters gets to find out and so if we're the ones going out and sowing we have to have faith in the process of of the the uh the the crop the crop that's happening of the harvest that's happening sow it and walk away knowing god will send more to water it and so uh, a lot of times we just have to step out and say, I'm a so and not no. <laughs> That's okay. So I'm a so and not no. <laughs> like, there you go. Write that down. People. It's all right. So, yeah. But um, I had some uh, testimonies I wanted to share and yeah, some please. kind of pointers I wanted to give. I think um, people will really enjoy. And, uh, one of my, we do a number of, of different types of outreaches. Um, uh, one of the ones I do most frequently is actually going into hospital um, waiting rooms. And so not, not all hospitals are designed the same. Our, our waiting rooms are really a cinch to walk into and, and, and work with. Not, I went to Turlock. I was hoping to take my team into the hospitals. So me and my friends scoped out three hospitals and the waiting rooms were all supervised by staff all awkward it wasn't gonna work so if you're like i'll go check at my hospital we just are lucky with mine but anyways yeah. so my friend and i we go into the hospital waiting rooms and uh offer to pray with people who are really walking through a probably the lowest point in their life and uh recently maybe two months ago i was in louisville kentucky and walking through um the hospital and it was so funny because we had a delay in parking and then we had something else hold up. And so it's just so funny, the timing. By the time we got to this uh, couple, like the timing was incredible. And so we walk in, me and my friends, and, you know, we say something very simple along the lines of, you know, excuse me, um, we're just uh, uh, um, ministers or Christians or friends uh, walking around praying with people who have a loved one in the hospital. Uh, is there um, anything we can pray with you over? And he, when they're in the hospital, oh, yeah, everybody needs prayer. Like, it, it's crazy to go, no, I don't need prayer. I'm in the hospital. Thanks for, very much. And so, but this guy, we walk into the waiting room. It's this guy and his wife and whatever type of, um, I think it was an agricultural, like a farming accident. I might be wrong. Maybe it was a car accident, but he had a cast on both arms 
both legs. Like he was wrapped up like head to toe and wraps and casts and crutches and all the bandages and like ha- had no ligaments like to work with. And I walked in, I was like, so I said my spiel and it was kind of quiet. And I was like, yeah, I looked at, I was like, you probably don't need prayer at all. And they kind of giggled. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And they looked at each other kind of silently. And then the wife said, you don't understand. Five minutes ago, my husband said to me, he believes God is drawing him. Wow. And this man has been an atheist for 60 years. <laughs> and it was crazy that she said five minutes ago, and if you knew all the delays we had and the pit stops we had, and we gave that guy and his wife a five-minute head start on their private conversation where this guy who's been an atheist for 60 years looks at his wife and says, I think I hear God calling me to Mm him. And so the three of us, we got to sit there and go, yeah, checks out, you know, we're just in this room to uh, confirm that and, Mm. and walk you through that. And we got to sit there and, and pray with him and walk him through what it'll look like to have faith. And then my favorite story Um, it was in like July or August this year, we're in in another hospital in Lexington, Kentucky, and we are praying with like, there's a family of maybe like four people, uh, in the waiting room and their aunt was in surgery. And so my, my partner is praying for the aunt in surgery and I can't take my eyes off of this, um, guy, the nephew. And I'm like, all right, I'm getting the crazy itch, you know? And I was like, oh, crud. I, I, I knew the Holy Spirit was telling me, Kara, this guy is running from me. He's half dead and you need to keep tabs on him. And I'm like, yeah, this, this one's, this one's like crazy town. And so I was like, how am I going to do this? So, you know, when I opened my mouth, I didn't say, man, you're going to die if you don't give your life to I said, I opened my mouth to him and I said, listen, uh, I don't want to be weird. I'm not a weird person. I said, but I can't shake the feeling that you have a call on your life and uh, God is drawing you near to him in this season. I said, this is a little crazy. I don't do this. I said, I feel like I need to... um, kind of uh, stay connected to you. Would it be okay if I added you on Facebook? And so I'm telling you, uh, this guy had been logged out of his accounts for so long. They're passing phones. He can't log in. I'm standing there for probably six minutes waiting to just get him on Facebook, but I could not move on this conviction. And so I walked away, you know, getting his, his, uh, friendship on Facebook and, I walked away going, man, that crossed every boundary I stand by. And (laughs) this is just creepy. But seven days later, I mean, I I had messaged him. I was trying to build a relationship and see, see where he stands and encourage him and seven. And he's kind of blowing me off. And seven days later, his mother messages me on Facebook and he had been shot three times. 
Whoa. Um, I don't know the full story, um, um, but he was involved in some very bad activity. And he made it. He made it by the grace of God. And now this guy is in prison. We're BFFs. And we FaceTime. And my hospital They can FaceTime in in prison yes it's it's 2023 uh, i was like what <laughs> i have an app on my phone like it's like i i facetime him he well he has a, a, a log a locked in screen but yeah i facetime him so that's the only boy i facetime jeff but <laughs> so, um people are like who are you facetiming uh, my prison boyfriend so anyways but i'm telling you like my hospital risk that i took this guy will probably be in prison for more than 10 years. And I am like, if I had been too afraid to step out on that, you know, crazy itch and that, that word I felt like God gave me, I would have walked away from a guy that would be it maybe dead and surely in prison for the next decade of his life, having nobody to disciple him. And now when I get in, I'm like, hey, did the chaplain give you, you know, a Bible? Hey, can you read Matthew 10 for me this week and, and let me know what you think about it? And it's been so, so, it's been blowing my mind. Dude. That's okay. Right? Love it. Love it. Love it. Mm. <laughs> so, it, like, that's what can happen. Yeah. You're, yeah, I know. You're just as excited as I am. I am. I Well, it reminds me of it. I've shared this story before, but my neighbor, um, uh, this was like, it's been so cool to see because I'm further along in this process of something not quite as similar, but a guy who had a really hard past. And um, there's a neighbor and he had a little, he has a little wiener dog, uh, Sadie. And she, um, she wasn't walking. She was like, like, and he's like, she's normally really like rambunctious and, and, you know, I'm really just worried. And look, she like, she, she won't move. Like I set her down. She won't move. We go to the bathroom. I have to like set her in the grass. And, and I just looked at him and, and I, I immediately was like, I should pray for him. But, and I just heard the Lord say, tell him I love him. And I just like, cause I was going to bend down. I bent down and then I stood up and I said, dude, do you know how much God loves you? And then he just like, it was almost like, it was like the one thing that like he had so much shame in his life and he just didn't want to even acknowledge God. And he's like, no, I'm not like, I'm not praying. I'm not, I'm not, I haven't been going to church. I haven't been I'm like, dude, I'm like the blood of Jesus. I'm like, like, that's not what makes you a, a, a believer. That's not what makes God love you more. And, and, and so I got to tell him about that. And I knew like went and cried an extra Bible. Cause I switched translations. Cause guys, I, all you guys that love the new King James, that's great. I just, it just, I just don't jam with it. Okay. I don't have any beef against it other than that. I just don't jam with it. It doesn't flow to me. Um, I love the message. What do we call it? Ratchet. Yeah. Ratchet. Yeah. That's our word. Yeah. <laughs> so, the word of the day, everybody is ratchet. Um, but so I went and grabbed it and I, I, I just felt like the Lord was like, you know, you're not using this, give, give him that Bible. And so I did. Um, but then I was like, dude, let's pray for your dog. I was mm -hmm. like, God can heal your dog. And he totally did. Uh, so I prayed for a little Sadie and then she, wow. she was better, you know, and by the next day she was better. And, and she had been like this for like a week. So I was like, dude, let's pray. I'm like, God's going to heal her. 
And so then uh, that was a big thing for him. But now like he and I have like a full on just like friendship and, and he's been like, he's like, yo man, I don't want to cut. I'm not cussing anymore. He's like, I'm not doing, you know, and uh, it's just been so cool to see God infiltrate into this guy's life who had a lot of, you know, his background was dodgy, you know, yeah. and God right. totally grabbed a hold of him just by me telling him that he loved him and giving him a Bible mm -hmm. and then just being available in his life, you know, and God did the rest, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that that's been like, the, you know, he's getting ready to move back down to California. So he and I are like talking a lot, you know, right now. And, um, it's just cool guys like to see God grab a hold of people and all you have to do is just be available. I'm like, it was yeah. so easy to tell him that God loved him. I'm like, I don't care if this guy gets mad at me. Like I like, yeah. I, I know God loves him. And also let's, let's pray for his dog. Like that's like, it's such an easy, that was such an easy in, you know, and then praying for his dog and his dog got healed. And I was like, bro, I was like, God healed your dog. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, yeah whoa you know and it's just it's so cool to see god grab a hold of people like that wow. love it love it uh, well this is so i hope people are hearing this and going like yeah that sounds like not hard that sounds not as bad as i thought mm -hmm. and i hope people are encouraged about what they're hearing and just to help people actually step out well i did come up with I, it's it's a it's a long list but they're they're in no certain order but there's a lot of them <laughs> so I, I have like a training i just wanted to share um how can you actually step out uh what yeah, are the good. things i've seen work or not work and um so i have some of those points and and i hope uh i, I actually used this training to train the 50 person group of totally new people who stepped out. And so uh, this is something you can write notes if you are interested in actually awesome. training a group, um, training a group in your area. These are the, the exact pointers I used with this team. And so I would say um, my first tip is really to lean into the method that you have a grace on. Oh, okay. I despise going into Walmart, into malls, into parks. I hate that kind of stuff. I have found more grace on doing crazy things like going to Broadway at midnight or going to the hospital and or just figuring out how to reach someone in a gas station. And so there are so many things you can do. And again, we need to uh, remember, I, I see a grace happening on creative out-of-the-box ideas. I mean, Ross Johnston, um, just over Halloween, had this big Halloween, you know, um, thing going on, outreach going on. Like, those kinds of things, mm -hmm. like, we can think out-of-the-box and there's going to be a grace on it. Yeah. So, um, two prayers I pray before I go is for an open heart and a torn veil. Mm -hmm. So I also pray for God to time us and divinely orchestrate run-ins. That's what I call it. So as we step out in evangelism, I pray for Christ to remove the veil that is over the eyes of the unbelievers at 2 Corinthians 3.14. And number two, for God to prepare their hearts. We know that God is already doing those things and we're praying for 
the soil to be ready. So it's kind of like, like, it's kind of cheating. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to sow a seed. I want to water it today. And so I'm praying, Lord, prepare their hearts for it to kind of be watered and blossom uh, today. And so praying for the conditions to be right in the room that you're stepping into, like that atheist, we were delayed on, on numerous accounts. And they said, you don't understand five minutes ago, he's, you know, and so he, we didn't interrupt that moment. We were, had a divine run-in that was timed Mm. on a practical note, get their name. Absolutely. Do not be halfway through a monologue and forget (laughs) to get their name. Don't do it. Like when you step out, you need to be socially aware that this is like really intimidating for this person and make sure to get their name before you get too deep into the conversation. And I've seen people go uh, through the malls and the parks and they walk up to every person and they just go, Hey, I just wanted to share the love of Jesus with you. And they're like, gosh, back, you know, back it up. You freak. Because they feel like when you just say, oh, can I share the love of you? They're like, am I just the 20th person you've walked up to? Like it doesn't, it feels very it's invasive. A little more insincere too, maybe. Yes. Yeah. And so get their name, make it personal. Don't go on a monologue. Um, you need to be confident and relaxed. If you look uptight, they're going to be uptight. If you look nervous, they're going to be nervous. And so to help with that, I might not know what's going to happen but I always prepare how I'm going to walk up. I'm always going to prepare my opening line. And so how I'm going to walk up, you know, natural, casual, what am I going to say in my first opening line? And if you're doing this in a group, you have to be aware of the group size. This is something that people really flop on because they think if we go out in a group of 10, let's all just swarm. No, like, like, let's use some common sense. And so how I train the groups I work with is to take turns and do rotations. And so let two people take the lead and have the others hang back. And so when those two people are working together, I say, listen, somebody have a word of knowledge prepared. And while that person is giving that word of knowledge, the other person needs to be uh, listening to the Holy Spirit for the next wind and listening. How can I present the gospel? Because we're in a day and age where people are just getting hand read, you know, hand readings and all these new age readings. They're going to be like, you know, oh, thanks for the reading. We don't want to just give you know, readings that are seeming to them. We want to demonstrate what the power of the Holy Spirit. And as the Bible says, that's how it confirms the gospel. And, but we need to distinguish ourselves from new age readers. And so make sure when you're, you're doing this, have some type of 30 second gospel presentation to go with it, to distinguish yourself that this is the Holy Spirit. Um, Okay, so the opening line I use is I say, I don't mean to bother you, but dot, dot, dot. And so when I walk up to somebody at the gas station, at the hospital, and I say, excuse me, I don't mean to bother you, uh, but, you know, the Lord gave me, a, or or I, um, I walked by you and I, I felt God's love for you. Um, 
what I'm showing by saying, I don't mean to bother you. I'm showing that I'm socially aware of their discomfort. And this actually kind of uh, builds my trust and gives me a little bit of credit with them. And so I kind of step out and usually say, you know, I don't mean to bother you. I, um, uh, I'll be out of here in just a minute. I just wanted to share something with you if that's okay. And so developing yourself as a socially aware person, because you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what experience they have with doomsday people just telling them they're going to hell. Yeah. And so you have to establish yourself with a little bit of credit here. And um, we, you know, what I'll say to people is, you know, we're just a, a group of friends out here praying for people. We're a group of ministers or a group of Christians. Um, and the Lord put it on my heart. I saw him encouraging you about your life. Is there any way we can pray for you? And there's kind of like um, two reasons I do this. So basically, if I can, maybe I have, maybe I have a word of knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe I have a word of knowledge that they're going through a very, very difficult time. It might be very off-putting to them if I walk up and say, oh, I was just over here drinking my coffee and the Lord showed me you're going through a hard time. Like, you know, spotlight, you know, but when I can say, hey, I was just over here and I, I saw God encouraging you about your life. Is there any way we can pray for you? And if they're like, man, I'm going through X, Y, Z, number one, you can either confirm or deny the word of knowledge you felt on your heart. Were you right or not? And so they'll often present you the, the um, following information to help you keep stepping out with them. But you're also going to learn in that process uh, how to refine what you're hearing and sensing from the Holy Spirit. Was I right? Was I wrong? But if you were right, you can say, I'm so glad you shared that with me. That's what the Holy Spirit was showing me. And, I, and, and this is what I felt like he was saying to you about it. And so you can still touch them by going, that's what the Holy Spirit showed me. But it's a little bit more socially aware and a little bit more patient to make sure you're not invasive with the word of knowledge. Does that make sense so far? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. uh, absolutely. No, this is great. Okay. So um, let's see here. We say, this is what Matt Cruz says. He says, share the gospel, don't shove it. I don't know if that's him originally or, or what. That's, share the that's gospel, what, don't shove it. Share the gospel, don't shove it. And we're crossing a huge divide and we're crossing a divide of every experience they've ever had with religion, which yeah. might actually be bad and painful. So it's really important for us to be courteous and kind and leave a better picture of Christianity and an open heart to the gospel. And so if you can follow the Holy Spirit to do that personally, that door will open. And I've had people say, no, I, I don't want any of that. But because I was kind to them, like, you know, I didn't push it. I didn't shove it because I said, you know, I totally understand. Um, like, and we were gracious in their rejection. Hopefully that opens their heart to how, you know, tender and, and we're not all doomsdayist shovers. And so always being kind, not, not yelling at people. Um, when we go in, uh, Psalm 139 17 to 18, it says, it says that God has a vast sum of thoughts about people. 
a vast sum of thoughts. And so when we go in um, uh, with the prophetic evangelism, we're asking God, Lord, you have a vast sum of thoughts about everybody. Can you share with me one or two thoughts about this person? Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. And so we're going in and, and asking for that. But here's the thing people need to know is oftentimes you're going to discern a very intense issue. And I've seen people step out and they said, man, I was just over here. And it's just like the heebie-jeebies. They're like, they're they're like, I was over here and I just, God showed me this dark, heavy cloud over your head. And I just wanted to come and pray for you. That's not an appropriate, that's not an appropriate way to um, approach somebody. Mm-hmm. And so a, a better way, like you heard how I approached the guy. I knew that guy was half dead if he didn't give his life to Christ. I knew the girl at the gas station was was probably going through something. But you heard how I adapted the, the word as to earn their trust, that when I got their trust, I could say, thank you for sharing that with me. I was seeing a real heaviness over you. And here's what the Lord is saying over that. Mm-hmm. And so if we're discerning heaviness, you know, dark cloud, try to find a way. Um, like Frank, when he was doing his evangelism in Turlock, he knew it was suicide over a guy. And he basically said, listen, man, I know people have done you dirty. They've done you wrong. Uh, that thing that you're thinking about, don't do it. You have a life to live. And so he was able to let the, that guy interpret it for himself. And he was like, you don't get it. I was thinking about doing something real bad. I couldn't turn back from and Frank's like, no, I get you. <laughs> so finding ways that are not so so invasive and, yeah, and people really still give that word. Yeah. Um that's that's pretty much a lot of it. I would say we want people to take off the pressure. Um, we put as especially as spirit-filled as those uh, who believe in the gifts, as those who are maybe identify, you know, as charismatic or Pentecostal. Like, I think sometimes we put a pressure on ourselves to have such a, a spiritually dynamic encounter every time we walk up to somebody. Mm -hmm. And you have to realize most people have no idea that no idea, no experience with word of knowledge. And so we're Christians, like we'll sit in a Bible study and we'll be like, read my mail this week. Bless me. You know, we expect it every time we're at church. Mm-hmm. These people have no no history with it. When you walk up to them, they're not going, man, this person better be super accurate. You know, like that's not their history. That's not what they're expecting. Mm-hmm. And so we need to take our pressure off and remember what it's like to actually reach people with the gospel. The gospel is still sufficient. Mm-hmm. It's not just baseline. It is it is foundation. It is everything. Mm-hmm. And so whether or not it's it's great to go out in prophetic evangelism, it's great to have healings and signs and miracles, but the gospel still works. The sharing about the love of Christ still works. And so taking the pressure off and knowing it still works to reach people in love with the message of who God is. Right. And I think that it's also, I mean, 
like you're saying, the gospel still works. I mean, it is all about the gospel. That's our foundation. It's like, yes. so when people like, I think we would do well to not, not think that it's anything be like everything we're doing, any extension of our relationship with the Lord, whether it's words of knowledge, creative miracles, whatever is all in an effort from the Lord to draw them to himself. Yes. And so I think that that really goes like, like, even if you get like, I've gone into conversations with people and I got one thing and I was like, okay, go, Lord, you're going to give me more things. And sometimes he does. And sometimes he doesn't and not being, not expecting that and yes. trying to push it more of just like, okay, that was a moment. God wanted me to just airdrop into this person's world, say this thing, have this moment of exchange with them and then move on, you know, mm -hmm. and, or pray for them and move on, you know? And, um, yeah, like there was this one time when there was, a, I was legitimately busy, like, like legitimately had like uh, a yeah. moment <laughs> in, in the store. I had to run in, get something. And I saw this lady in the distance and she was like, I mean, she looked like she was having a bad day just physically. Like, uh. and so I was like, one crisis at a time. I was like, I have to oh, go. Yeah. And I, I saw her and then I, but I went, you know, I, I had to, I had to go and I checked out and then I looked at my time and I don't know if I entered some like time space slippage thing. I had all of a sudden had way more time than I originally thought I did. Wow. And so I, but I was like looking at my watch as I was walking out and I hit the doors, the double doors. And I literally just like stopped, like someone hit the off switch on my motor skills and I just went boom. And I just was like, I stopped and I just went, and I turned around and I went to go find this lady Yes. and I couldn't find her. So I literally went through the entire store. Like it was a big store. I went through the entire store, looking down us, looking down us. And then I saw her in this other aisle and, but now she was surrounded by people. So before I was like, <laughs> if I had just like been like through my time, yes. I'm going to do this. Ugh. It would have just been myself and her. But now I'm like, it was an aisle filled with people. I was like, I don't, I just don't care. Like I, I, I have to do this. And so I went up to her and I, I, I talked to her, I prayed for her, all this stuff. And I was expecting more to come out of the conversation and nothing else came out of the conversation, mm -hmm. but I didn't push it. I was like, I did what I was supposed to do. Lord, I, I'm just going to trust that you're, you're going to continue to operate in this woman's life, you know? And I really wanted to see her get healed. And in, in, with, in the moment, in my assessment of it, I didn't see any healing, but, um, that's okay. And yeah. I was obedient. And, and I think that not expecting more than, cause sometimes God will really just go, okay, now say this. Okay. Now say this. And I've had those great moments, but sometimes it's just like, a a moment of just like, okay, yeah. that's it. So. Yeah. Evangelism. We have to get over this idea of it being like smooth as butter. Right. Like I would Paul's, love that. But right. Not the way it is. And, and like, it's, it can be a little bit like Rocky and why probably because you're sowing into the rocky ground like honestly where the gospel hasn't taken before i'm going into the gravel trying to uh, produce some uh, some some seed out here where it's rough and it's rocky and paul when he was writing to timothy he said do the work of an evangelist because it's a, it's a real 
work. You have to put on your 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 common sense hat. You have to put on uh, you, you have to be connected in the spirit. Like it is a, a real, real work. But the more you do it, the more um, really efficient. We, we don't want to be sloppy or do it poorly. We want to do it well. Yeah. But like with any work that is going to take practice. And uh, it, so it's just it's stepping out. It's becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable and find what makes you love it. Like, yeah, I, like I hate when my friends are like, let's go evangelize at Walmart. I'm like, oh, you people drive me nuts. I, I don't like this environment. It, but like if you take me out to like the the Broadway where everybody's like drinking at midnight, like and, and you know, one time I was sitting down with somebody and they were like, what's the what's the fruit of like witnessing to drunk people? I was like, the fruit is that they ate, they, they got served the word for once. Like these people might not even, they might not even be Christmas Christians. They might not even be Easter service Christians. They might be Muslims who've never heard the word. And I'm not going to see them out in the daytime when they're in their office or in their school. I got to go into their world. And tonight, this is their world. And so what's the gospel? Do I know if they'll remember this conversation in the morning? No, absolutely not. But you know what? Bill Johnson said something last week in a sermon, and he was talking about how sometimes we read the Bible and we don't even remember what we read. Like, that's how spacey we are. Mm -hmm. And he said, but you know what? I don't remember what I ate for breakfast last week and it still nourished me. Yeah, that's great. And so it's like, we don't always, even if we're like, so I was saying, find what makes you happy. I love witnessing to crazy people on the fringe, like, like downtown there's snake lady. She's holding three, three boa pythons. Like that's my thing is like witnessing to those people. I don't know how much that seed is taking place. All I know is they weren't nourished before they were nourished in that moment. And we're just going to keep after it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're going back to something that you mentioned earlier in the episode that I think is, it just got me thinking the rest of the episode is this whole idea of like, more training like okay you know we can have a great conversation and i just remember like when i was young in the lord i would I, once i got past that honeymoon phase of zeal um yeah. so it's a couple of years in probably but um were you like okay you have a great conversation with some people kind of like this and then you go okay i need to do more training i need to i need more training like no dude you need to go out and do it is what you need to yeah. do like learning on I the job yeah. And I just think that like, whether you like it or not, mm -hmm. it's going to take effort and it's going to be a process of learning. Even if you get, even if you get to this place, you go, okay, I have all the training that I could mm -hmm. ever need on this subject. It's still going to have moments of awkwardness. It's still yeah. going. And the only way I, I and it sounds kind of ridiculous, but the, the way that I say it, the only way forward is forwards is forward, you know, like, and so I think that yeah. like the only way forward is forward. And, and it's not whether you like it or not, you're going to have to do it, you yes. know, and, and, and God don't get so in your flesh that you're like, this is all on me. Like God goes with us. He is with us. He is with you in this. And he's actually been preparing their hearts. For, he was there before you were there and he's going to be there after you leave, you know, and after you die, he's still going to be there. You know, uh, if you die before this person, 
there's, he's still going to be operating in their lives, you know? And, and again, too, something that I, I think about too, with like failure is I shouldn't think so highly of myself that yeah. I, this, I was the only person. Yes. There are going to be moments. Say someone's like, like maybe right after you talk to them, they're going to, they die in a car wreck. Um, maybe, you know, so, but that's why it's just so important to be obedient. But at the same time, say this person goes on and they go out on their, their merry way. Don't think so highly of yourself that you were the only person in the millions of other believers that God could send to this person. You know, God could even go even, he could up the ante with dude, limping dude that I didn't mm -hmm. pray for. And he sent some dude from Indonesia. Who's like, I'm supposed to go to Oregon and I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to go to this, but I don't know. Like those kinds of stories can happen. They do happen, but um, I don't know. But I think the, the thing that I really wanted to hit on though, is like, you don't need more conferences to grab a hold of, of more things to fully wrap your head around evangelism or more training. And, and mm -hmm. look, God may be leading some of you into training. I'm not trying to discredit that, but I think a lot of times we do use these as excuses to kind of, yeah. delay the inevitable this was your training people like, yeah. no more excuses yeah <laughs> yeah go out go yeah out. <laughs> well kara uh i think this was great mm. um very very necessary very timely um especially as people go out black friday shopping mm. Mm. god can operate there too some people yep. just need to be told not to be so stressed yeah. <laughs> um on those days uh so kara i would love for you to actually pray pray for people and then uh and we'll close this all right out. okay um yeah. god thank you so much for this time lord we want to be cognizant of mm -hmm. what you're doing and how you're moving lord uh, help us not to have cold feet about how you're mobilizing us in evangelism lord now is the time lord make us a prepared people a willing people, even if they feel unprepared, Lord, just launch them out and know, make them confident, God, that you are going with us and working with us. So I pray, God, that this, I pray that even this episode would go out across the internet and find the people who need uh, to, to kind of get a, a, a kickstart and and a, a pat on the back to do this and to just step out and do it. So mm -hmm. God, we thank you that, that, your message, your love, your spirit reached us. Yeah. And Lord, we just want to be a part of growing this family with you. And so we just say, Lord, use us. We want to be used. Amen. Mm. Amen. Kara Gertrude Starnes, can you tell people <laughs> how they can follow you? <laughs> Her middle name is not Gertrude, everybody. Uh, like, so. How courteous of you to hold a joke until the end so oh, I can hold nor it is it Mildred. i i tried i also wanted to call you kara solo cup <laughs> karis i was drinking a solo cup yeah well that was like one of the first things was like right there in front of the camera when she signed in so i was like oh anyways how can people follow you tell people about your fantastic book yeah it's tell the people. book is um, I, I mean, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, mostly at Kara Starnes. I do occasional YouTube stuff. Oh, Jeff, you'll love this. Um, I know that book is a big girl. She's 300 pages <laughs> and I know not everybody's a reader. So, 
Uh, by the end of this year, I'm actually going to be doing an entire reteaching of the book through an online series. Wow. And so, mm-hmm, so people can be, uh, it'll probably be eight episodes, like huge. And how can, where are you going to release that? Uh, YouTube. I, I, my handle is probably Kara Starnes. Yeah. So cool. everybody just follow her on the IG, the IG and the IG. Uh, you'll be up to speed. I'm sure you'll make an announcement yeah, on there. But- Thanks so much for having me, guys. Oh, absolutely. It's always so great to have you on. So um, everybody, tune in tomorrow, which is 1121. Uh, We've got our boy Josh Rich in the house, who I love. He and I are just, we jam, dude. Um, But he's going to be joined by his friend Barrett Jones. And Barrett actually... Um, had a radical transformation. He was living a homosexual lifestyle. God grabbed a hold of him and he's now testifying about what God has done in his life. So I can't wait for you guys to see. It's going to be a great conversation. We're just going to kick it um, and just enjoy each other's company and talk about what the Lord has done. Uh, so that's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Again, ElijahStreams.com slash donate is how you guys donate. That keeps us free afloat. Let's us bring on the Kara Starnes and the Josh Riches and the Barrett Joneses and everybody else. So uh, we love you guys, and we'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Josh Rich and Barrett Jones. Goodbye! This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.